Hello, everyone, and welcome to Fed Talks. I'm Jimmy Chrisman, your host. This is season two, episode 11, and uh, I want to thank you for joining me. Fed Talks is a podcast for theater teachers and theater education students. Each week, I bring you stories and interviews from experienced K 12 theater teachers, current theater education majors, and professors of theater education that will warm your heart, renew your faith in teaching, and provide resources to better your practice in your theater classroom. Well, last week, we heard from co founder of Drama Teacher Academy and resident playwright of Theater Folk, Lindsay Price. And this week we are going to have a conversation with Krista Vogt. Kristen is a regular contributor to uh, Drama Teacher Academy and uh, is doing amazing things at her school. So I'm excited to bring this interview to you. Now I will tell you this has been probably one of the hardest interviews I had to do, technically speaking. Uh, there were uh, probably three, I believe, uh, attempts to to record the interview with Krista. So this is pieced together from the best of those three, three parts. And uh, um, I, I hope you enjoy what she had to say. I really enjoyed chatting with her and uh, I stay in touch with her uh, pretty regularly. So I hope you enjoy my conversation with Krista Vogt. I'm excited to welcome as my guest on Fed Talks for this episode, Krista Vogt. Uh, Krista is the theater teacher at Visual and Performing Arts Academy at Salem High School in Norfolk, Virginia. She's also a regular contributor to Theater Folk and the Drama Teacher Academy, which we have talked about a lot on the podcast. Um, so Krista, I am I'm excited to talk with you. Uh, my, my friend and mentor, Matt Webster, um, introduced me to you. So I, I know you're good people. And uh, I'm just excited to kind of chat with you about your experiences so far in teaching theater. Thanks. Happy to be here. Well, first, tell us a little bit about where you teach. And uh, I know you just, you're just you starting year 20, actually, tomorrow. Um, mm-hmm. So tell us a little bit about your program and kind of your experiences in teaching theater that have led you to where we are right now. Uh, well, the Visual and Performing Arts Academy is um, an academy within a public school. So the kids, actually the school's in Virginia Beach. So the school, the kids everywhere in the city can audition to get in. Um, and we're really an actor training program at the public high school level. And we look at, you know, the whole child when they come in. It's not just about talent. It's about their letters of recommendation and their discipline and their passion and their interest in learning. So I think that sometimes is a big misconception that it's, you know, all the most talented kids in the city and we're like fame, uh, you know, and, and it's not, it's, it's just kids who really want to focus on that and um, make that their, their high school experience focus and not even all kids go on to become actors after high school. Sometimes they figure out that's not what they want to do, but they learn so much in the program that they, they stay. Well, that's exciting. So uh, I know you, you just finished grad school recently uh, so talk a little bit about that experience for you and kind of what that has provided you um, as you go back into your classroom now. So I think, you know, there's that common imposter syndrome that many theater teachers have, right? Like, when are they going to figure out? I don't know what I'm doing. Um, my undergrad was, was like many theater teachers, uh, acting and directing focus. And when I came to this program at Salem, um, I started teaching technical theater, which was terrifying. You know, I, I did all the online research and all the, what I could find from my college notes, which were, you know, yellowed with age and irrelevant. 
Um, so, um, I ended up getting a degree, a master's, master of arts in production and design. Um, so, and the program I went to was at Southern Oregon University and it's geared towards theater educators. So it was everything that we learned there was directly applicable immediately and almost required as part of the program to um, apply in our program. So I think for me, it has reduced the imposter syndrome to the point where I can freely say, I don't know, let's look it up or figure it out together. You know, it's kind of given me that uh, higher risk taking confidence. I think I don't think I'm an expert in anything. But that sounds a lot like my experience when I when I did my master's program at UNC Greensboro. I, I I was very acting, directing heavy in my undergrad, and then when I started at UNC Greensboro, um, I was fortunate enough to kind of tailor my program to what I wanted to what deficiencies I wanted to fill. And I, and I took advantage of that with the, with the technical things. Um, again, I'm like you, I don't, I don't claim to be an expert in that, but I, I do feel a little more confident in that, that I can, I can say, all right, well, exactly. let's figure that out together and, and, and hopefully it'll be safe and, and it'll be correct. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I remember at my old, my first school, um, you know, I knew next to nothing about tech or construction and, we were, you know, at one of the Saturday crew calls and all the upper level kids who knew how to do stuff, they were gone, they graduated. And, you know, the show opened in two weeks and we had a door flat and a flat. That's all we had done. And, you know, we're on lunch break and everybody was sitting down looking at the non-existent set. And I thought, what would happen if we did this show with no set? And of course it was a door comedy which doesn't really work, <laughs> but you know, I just took the positive spin on it because I knew with my lack of know-how, the dwindling time, I thought we had to take a left turn to Albuquerque and quickly and with confidence. So it was kind of after that, that I thought, all right, at some point I've, I've got to do, I've got to do something about it. <laughs> so. Well, tell me a little bit about where your, um, where your desire and passion to, to teach came from? Uh, I think I've always been a nurturer. I mean, I think all teachers are, you know, um, I think I was one of those cliche children teaching class and my stuffed animals and, you know, really working on their positive behavior with, you know, the kitties and the dragons or whatever I had. And I think there's just so, there's something so powerful about watching young people grow right before your very eyes and realizing that you as an adult, you're growing with them, you know, cause they're, you're seeing the world through their eyes and, and, and the flexibility that it requires as a teacher to help navigate, help them navigate their journey through these tumultuous high school years and sort of send them off. So I think it's, it's just about being there for, for young people and, and you know, being able to do that through the, the art of theater. I think it's pretty powerful. Well, so I'm going to shift gears just a little bit and ask you how, how you got involved with uh, Theater Folk and the Drama Teacher Academy and kind of what, what you're doing now with that. Uh, I directed one of Lindsay Price's shows, Emotional Baggage, which to this day is probably my favorite one act I've ever done. And uh, it was probably a year or two after it was written. So it was in the early 2000s. 
three, four, I can't remember exactly. And um, I was attending the Virginia Theater Association conference and competition. And there was another school, don't remember who it was, who was, who was performing emotional baggage. And since it, it meant something so much, was, oh, I have to go see this. And, um, you know, my students were off doing something else and I was watching it and I was sitting next, some woman came next to me and I just started gushing. I love this place so much. Da, 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 da. And I was sitting next to Lindsay Price, of course, and then she introduced <laughs> herself and I said, oh, well, hello. This was completely unsolicited praise. I had no idea who you were. Um, you know, and she had a, a theater folk table. So I checked it out and, you know, looked at some of the plays. And then um, I was just always been a fan of theater folk and their amazing uh, generosity with their free resources for teachers online. And then when Drama Teacher Academy started in August of 2014, um, I joined like the next day and I just was very active on their Facebook page and um, giving advice and pointing to people to resources. Uh, and then, you know, at one point Lindsay asked if I wanted to be one of their community managers. So I'm just I'm hooked. I love the community. It's it's um, incredibly supportive. Um, it's a great resource for, I would say, particularly new and novice teachers um, or those who don't have curriculum laid out for them. But then, of course, for veteran teachers, it's always good to shake things up and see different ways of doing things. So it's 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 fun for all. <laughs> Well, when I spoke with Lindsay uh, a couple of weeks ago, I I wanted to make sure I told her, and I, I want to do the same for you, that I truly appreciate what you all are doing with, with Drama Teacher Academy. And I think um, all the different guests that I've had on here who have recommended it, um, I know myself when I was still in the classroom, I, I frequently um, checked it out to find new ways to teach what I've been teaching just to keep it fresh for me and, and a different way to do something. So, um, I know you've been a lifeline to many teachers, um, beginning as well as who've been doing it for a while, who just want to do something new with it. So thank you so much for all that you do with that and, uh, keep doing what you're doing. Sure. It's, a, it's a, it's a great resource great. and great things that you're doing. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> um, I, I do want to, you, before we uh, actually started the interview, you you mentioned to me that at one point you uh, wanted to pursue figure skating and yeah. did that for a little bit. Um, so talk to me a little bit about how maybe that played into um, what you're doing. Um, yeah, so I was a figure skater for 15 years, um, big ice rink family. The, my dad and brother played hockey. I took figure skating lessons. I performed in shows, uh, you know, like Disney on ice and Star Wars on ice and things like that. And um, I was like, uh, not of the, the vein, like the rest of the people started doing competitions and things like that. And I realized that that's not what I liked about it. Um, I was like at the high end of mediocre. So I uh, really wasn't interested in competing anyway. Um, and I realized it was, it was the performance aspect of it that I really liked. So in college, I decided I want to major in theater. Wow, that makes so much sense to my parents. Um, and I think that that's where I found kind of a huge part of who I am, you know, is that ex expressive um, nurturer, as I talked about a little earlier. And um, I think because I was really only at the high end of mediocre as a figure skater, and I did that for 15 years, I think that's why it's not so important to me that all of my students go on to become, you know, the Meryl Streep's and the, you know, 
whoever the popular actors are today. You know, it's it's about helping find who they are. Yeah. And I think that's what I discovered through figure skating. It wasn't I'm I'm not an athlete. I'm <laughs> a performer. You know? <laughs> yeah. Well, do you still um do you still do outside theater work outside of what you do with your students? Um, I did until I started grad school. So I really look forward to rejoining that. Uh, yeah, I, the last show I was in, it took me a really long time to do grad school because I started a family illness. And so I had to defer. So I haven't been in a show in about four years, but I, I definitely miss it. I, um, I think it's important to have those current real world um, experiences so I can say oh last night at rehearsal versus I was in a show once you know it, it make it um, relevant that I'm not just making stuff up <laughs> yeah I, I feel the same way I, I think I overdid it at one point um, with my extracurricular involvement for myself in the community but um, I that was important to me uh, and it yeah. still is and so I, I still love directing um, and I, I lovingly say I love I love directing and working with adults, um, and I love acting with adults and being directed by adults. So uh, I, I do think that's really important and uh, a big part to feed that artist in us as well. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> well, what? Um, tell me a couple of your favorite favorite stories uh, from your career so far. Uh, they can be funny stories where a kid just made you laugh or. A whole situation made you laugh or it was a horror story that you learned from or even one of those poignant moments that you're like mm, okay yeah this is what I'm supposed to be doing that kind of thing um I guess there's a I really like um freedom within structure if that makes any sense so my classes are hard you know um but within it they they often forget that they're learning you know um I overheard a kid last year who I didn't have in class anymore telling a current of my students who said, I'm going to paraphrase, but it was something like, yeah, Mrs. Vogt's classes are no joke. I'm still scarred from analysis. Yeah. <laughs> and they shared a laugh and I was like, yeah, that's right. That's right. Um, and I think what makes me really proud is when I hear those conversations, not for my benefit, and they're coming from a genuine place. My kids were, we did this um, collaboration project last year that was a big, big risk for all of us because I'd never done it before. I didn't know what I was doing. And it ended up going really well. And the newspaper was interviewing my kids and what they were saying, it just, it warmed me, you know, they were talking about the importance of what they do, reaching out into the community to um, reach something larger than themselves. And, and that, that's the point, you know, um, and doing that through the art of theater, but it wasn't about me being on stage, being a star and getting the role, you know, they were really understanding um, that the core of what we teach in my program is that concept of ensemble is that it's, it's the whole is larger than any of its parts and it's it's about you know making your partner look good and feel smart whether it's a scene partner or you know a first grade art student who we were working with it was all about that and they got it and um you know again they weren't saying that for my benefit but that's what they were getting out of the experience and that was really cool to hear them say well thanks to the magic of editing that I'll be doing later, we'll be editing out my technical difficulties that I've had. And I appreciated what you shared as we got back and 
back together talking here that, you know, it, I'm a teacher, I get it. Sometimes things fall apart. So can you talk about one of those times where that happened and in your classroom and what, what you learned from that and how you moved on? Uh, I think one of the keys to sanity, sustainability, and you loosely using the word success as a teacher is that idea of flexibility and um, fully embracing that you don't have to know everything about everything or everything about anything really. It's it's about honesty and seeing things fall apart and being okay with it. I was being observed last year by my principal, which is rare. Um, it's usually my academy coordinator, but they were both in there. And my coordinator was new last year. She was new to the position. The lesson was failing miserably and I just let it. I just turned around to them. I said, this is falling apart and it's a train wreck and I'm just I, I'm just going to watch it. And they sort of laughed and <laughs> about it later. And it's, I think it's just about being okay. It's like as a performer, some nights, some nights you nail it and then some nights are God awful, but you, you still go on. It's not, it's not the end of you as a teacher or professional actor. And, uh, you know, I guess I would, I would lovingly challenge if that does break you, that this may not be the field for you because it constantly falls apart and it's, can you stop, reassess, and readjust in that moment? Uh, we had freshman orientation last week, and there's an icebreaker that I do every single year, and it's called the name chant, and it's very loud and energetic, and they learn everybody's names within minutes, and it was, it was flopping. They were terrified. They were um, really hesitant, um, and I thought, oh, dear goodness, what am I going to do? And I, you know, in my thought bubble, I happened to look over at a table and I saw a stack of sticky notes. I'm like, got it. I went over and got them and I, I gave them all sticky notes and quickly mustered up any writing utensil I could find. And I said, okay, on there, this is anonymous. Don't write your name, but understand that everyone's going to see these. Write down something that you are really nervous about either being in this academy program, being in high school, or something about me that is terrifying you right now. And the pencils and pens were scribbling. They were writing really fast. And I said, okay, I would like you to gently crush them up in little balls. And I stood in the center of the room and I said, hit me, hit me with them, just throw them all at me. And they were like, what? Said, yeah, just, just throw them. And I threw them all and I mixed them all up. And I said, okay, can you tell which one is yours? And everyone was like, no, I no." I said, great. So then I, someone came up and volunteer and read one. And, you know, I don't, several of them, were just anxiety about high school, about this program, about um, typically they're coming from big fish, small pond. And when they come to our program, they're just a fish. And I try to tell them, you are a fish. And, and let me assure you that there's plenty of water for everybody. So, you know, one opened up and they said, I'm really afraid um, that I won't make any friends. And I said, okay, who can relate to that? And, you know, half the class, their hand went up. And I said, ah, okay, look around, you're not alone. And we just kept going through those, kept going through those. And by the end, it was like this really uh, passionate chant. One would get read and everyone would say, you are not alone. And, uh, you know, it was so awesome. And so no, they don't know each other's names. And I only caught about five of them, but they already have, you know, this bond now and this safety net 
as they walk into class tomorrow. And that had nothing to do with my prepared lesson. But long story long, is, is it's about flexibility and, and being present, being in the room, paying attention to the children, because it's not about you, the teacher. So that lesson goes, again, make your partner look good and feel smart. And my partner every day are my students. So what do they need? Not about what brilliant lesson I came up with or, or, you know, how clever this can sound. And it's not, it's, it's being willing to throw it out the window, change on a dime um, and be present. You know, we say, you know, there's two places for an actor to be in their head or in the room. And I'm asking you to be in the room. And I ask that of myself as well. Yeah, that, uh, that's, that's just beautiful. Um, I, Back in the spring, I took some of my junior uh, and senior theater ed majors um, to a, a Chicago school, and they they taught a lesson uh, to a group of of intro students, and uh, some of them were really successful. Some the lessons fell flat on their face. I say the teacher did not, but the the lesson may have. And uh, the conversations on the way back, they were like, ah, it just failed. I, I bombed. I don't, this, this shouldn't have happened. And, and I wasn't successful. And I said, but did you keep going? Did you, did you pick up where you were? And did you keep going? Well, yeah. I said, and did you get, did the kids get some good work out of it? Well, yeah. I said, so then it didn't fail, right? Yeah. They're like, well, I guess so. But the, the lesson did. I was like, yeah, the lesson may have, but you didn't. Yeah. And I think it's hard for those new teachers to understand yeah. that. Yeah. yeah. I mean, they learn about it in the textbook from their professors and, and they have, you know, a really black and white version of what it is and what it should be. And it's, and it's hard to know that that's not what it is until you're actually in the room, like you said. And yeah. yeah. Well, what, um, as you're working with your students, what do you, I have two questions for you. The first one I should probably ask before the other one. What What are you most looking forward to this coming school year with your students? Uh, you know, on a selfish page, not being in grad school, just being able to be a teacher <laughs> and um, explore, you know, apply what I've learned without this external deadline pressure or this silly thing called a grade being attached to it and um, take risks without the fear of the grade affecting it. I took a lot of risks during grad school that was you know what we were really encouraged to do um uh, and I'm I always look forward to the new crop of kids because because they our program they are in cohorts so I already know year two three and fours but it's the year ones who are just coming in like um just wide open or sometimes they're like I already know how to act what are you going to teach me you know um <laughs> And we have this, this phrase um, that we say with endearment. We, we tell all of our students that they suck. Um, and then they sort of look at you like, what? How dare you? And I said, no, 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 no. I suck too. I just suck less because I have more training. And that's our, our funny way of saying you've got to have that growth mindset. Because if you already think you know everything, you don't need to be here. So, so always be looking to improve and to try different things. And that's really what I look forward to every year is just that, that exploration. Well, and my follow-up question to that is, as you're looking ahead to your students and, and even looking back over the, the past few years of your teaching, what, what are you seeing as the greatest need in your students right now? And how can we as theater teachers help them with that? They're, um, you know, to use the educational buzzword, uh, social emotional learning uh, is a big push. And um, what I have found 
in all of the the sort of educational waves, you know, there was project-based learning, there was EDCP, the Explore, Design, Create, Publish, and and I, you know, I think, well, that that actually is what theater does, and so I love that shift of the soft skills that you learn in theater are now becoming the actual skills that are needed. Um, but social emotional learning, case in point, my my tried and true day one icebreaker to learn names failed miserably because they weren't in in a in a strong enough emotional place to be able to jump right in. So I think um, you know just being ever mindful of these kids are going through things that we never went through. Uh, you know, the bombardment of technology, if there's one bad thing that happens, they're going to hear about it 88,000 times a day on just one social media platform, forget about anywhere else. So I think um, that there's a real need, there's a real need for that to help our kids um, be able to advocate for themselves to um, not take failures as ultimate sense of self failures that it's just a blip it's a pausing point and they need to redirect giving them that that strength and i think that's important and like i said i think theater does that mm -hmm. um you know so at the end of the day if these kids move on and do theater great if they don't that's fine i um posted on my instagram page today for my kids you know what are you most looking forward to this year and and one young lady said transferable skills I can't wait to use those. Um, and she is, she wants to become a neonatal nurse, I think. And she's saying that the empathy that you learn in theater, the, um, you know, able to see what your character is going through, dealing with other characters and how to take care of needs of character um, is directly transferable to the medical field and any other, but she was speaking specifically of hers. So that's, that's how Great. cool is that? Awesome. Yeah, she's going to be like a nurse saying like, well, my theater training, help. I mean, bedside manner, all of this, dealing yeah. with difficult staffing, you know, what's your objective? What, how are your tactics and what is in the way? And, and not in a manipulative way, just in a, in a basic, real human communication way, because that's really what we want on stage anyway. We, we always say, you know, you got to be a person. Stop being so acty. What are you doing? Just be a person. How does a person walk? How does a person communicate? Uh, so I think that's, I'm really excited to watch all of that unfold. That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, thinking back to 20 years ago when you first began teaching, uh, <laughs> I know, trust me, I, I, I did the same look with my face when I, when I'm asked that, what is, what, what was something that you wished, um, first year teacher Krista would have known before she started that day one? What is something that your undergrad program couldn't have taught you, but that you wish you had known? Um, I think I touched on it earlier, that idea of flexibility is vital. You don't have to know everything about everything or even anything because we, yes, we're the experts in our field, but we are, we're not the experts on everything. I think our expertise needs to come in the facilitator, the guiding the students to find the information for themselves. Um, and it's okay if they know more than you. Um, and I think that's hard as a new teacher to embrace. Yeah. 
I have two final questions for you, and they're the same ones I ask everyone I have on the show. Um, the first one is, what is a resource that you use that is something that we absolutely have to know about? Well, other than theater folk and drama teachers <laughs> Academy, of course. Um, I, I think it's so many theater teachers are singleton. I think it's really important to reach out to colleagues. Um, and Drama Teacher Academy, of course, is a way to do it. But even within your district, um, I think the more you can communicate with others, the more resources that you can share. Uh, I think um, podcasts are great. <laughs> um, and other than yours, I recently found Flipping the Script, uh -huh. is the name, um, with Lindsay Quiaja. I can't, I might be saying her name incorrectly. And I know she has a re-theater, R-E colon theater. Um, I know that some of her resources are free and some of them are not. Um, but I feel um, her podcast, her, the, the energy and style of the podcast might really appeal to younger teachers. Um, in particular, not just, but in particular, there's a sort of millennial feel to it. Um, and textbooks, I don't know, especially if you're starting out in design, you know, if you're starting out as an actor, director, teacher, there's a really great um, book called, um, it's by Lynn Porter. Uh, oh my gosh, let me see. Uh, um, Unmasking Theater Design, sorry, it's up there. Unmasking Theater Design by Lynn Porter, I think is, um, it's so user-friendly, it kind of walks you through the design process and the how-tos and um, it gives a really excellent graphic of the traffic of a design. Like you do the research, you make designs, but it's not a linear thing. Uh -huh. um, and I think that that's helpful for stu design students and also acting students to understand there's not just A to Z the right way, that it's a process, it's, it's a spaghetti mess. Um, so I think, I think those would be what I would recommend. Good deal. I'll check that one out for sure. Um, and then your, my final question for you is what are your parting words of wisdom for new teachers or even veteran teachers who are about to embark on their new year and just need an uplifting word? Put the oxygen mask on yourself first. Oh, That's balance. good. That's good. <laughs> yeah. Balance. It's okay to say no and keeping those boundaries. Uh, you know, the, the harsh truth of it is, is we are all so incredibly replaceable. So you don't have to do it all. You, you've got to put that oxygen mask on yourself first. That's good. That's good. Well, Krista, I, I really appreciate you um, joining me and being so flexible with, with all the technical difficulties with this. Of course. Um, but I, I un unfortunately for the people who are listening, they don't get to see the face of who I'm talking to, but I can assure all the listeners that um, Krista's face lights up anytime she talks about her kids and about what she does. So I can see the passion in her eyes and in her smile. And I really appreciate you sharing that with us. And I wish you all the best with your new year coming up. And Thank you. Kids are really lucky. So I hope you have a great year. And again, thanks for talking with me. Thanks so much for having me. Well, thank you, Krista Vote, for joining me on the show. I really enjoy ch chatting with you, and I enjoy staying in touch with you on all of our social media. So thanks for being a major player with that and, uh, and for 
keeping me entertained and encouraged as well. So if you are not following us on social media, you need to be doing that. We are on Twitter at Theater Ed Talks, on Tumblr, fedtalks.tumblr.com, on Facebook at Fed Talks in the Fed Talks group, Instagram at Fed Talks Podcast, and of course you can always find us on our website at www.fedtalks.com. You can find all of our past show, all of our episodes in the archives, all the transcripts of the episodes, as well as all the resource lists from all the teachers who have been on the show. Uh, so please be sure you check that out. You can find Fed Talks on all your favorite podcast providers, po- Apple Podcasts on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, AnyPod, and TuneIn. So go on your favorite place if you're not going on our website to find us and uh, subscribe to the show, rate us, review us, and uh, most importantly, share the the, the podcast with those theater educators in your life who you think could use what we're doing here thank you so much for listening again i am extremely excited about our upcoming segment i know i've talked about it for several weeks and i've been hyping it up for quite a while but we do have a couple of really great stories coming your way that um, my friend mimi kirkendall and i will be bringing you um, for our so this just happened uh, segment of the show if you'd like to submit uh, your story, your question, or your scenario or situation to us, uh, please go on our website, fedtalks.com, and click on So This Just Happened. There's an online form for you to submit that there, and you can let us know if you actually want to talk with us about it here on the show, and we will get in touch with you to make that happen. Um, please, uh, again, make sure you visit our website, visit us on social media, email me at fedtalkspodcast at gmail.com if you have ideas for the show, if you'd like to be a guest on the show, or um, if you uh, just have some feedback for me to to keep making the show better. Thank you, Joel Hamlin and Joshua Schusterman for the use of your original music, Magnetize and Flip the Record. I appreciate you guys, and I also appreciate you for listening. Please keep checking us out. We have a great interview next week. I'm really excited to bring this one to you, and uh, I if you haven't caught up on all the past episodes you've got plenty of time to do that now that most of you have a little bit of downtime coming where your your state contests and festivals have have winded down and and, uh, you have a little bit of breathing room most likely before if you were like me getting ready to have auditions for your spring musical and and keep that going once you get back from, from Christmas break so take some time for you breathe relax do something nice for yourself and, uh, and uh, keep giving the love to those kids. But more importantly, also give the love to yourself. Because like Krista said, if you don't put the oxygen mask on you first, you're not going to have it to give back to them. So take care of yourselves and uh, have a great week.